It's been almost one year exactly since the Gaston Saves website launched. And today we're speaking with the president and CEO of Haven Creative, Jenny Buchholz. Jenny's going to be talking to us about the partnership that Haven has had with Gaston County, how Gaston Saves got started, and some of the work that we've done through Gaston Saves to help during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm sitting here talking with somebody that I've gotten to know relatively well over the past year plus, but haven't actually met in person until today. Thanks, COVID. This is Jenny Buchholz. She's the president and CEO of Haven Creative. And here at Gaston County, we've worked really closely with Haven to put together our Gaston Saves program. And so Jenny's here to talk about the one-year anniversary of Gaston Saves. Thank you, Adam. It's really great to actually finally meet you. And it's funny, though, that it's been a year. Right. (laughs) I feel like we got into summer. We got into, like, maybe June. And there was just this flickering hope of, like, maybe we're going to put this thing behind us. And then COVID was like, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it's crazy because a year ago when you came to us, we talked about, okay, we have this opportunity to create a campaign. What can we do? And we're like, well, COVID's going to be over probably, right? Yeah. You, let's make yeah. it evergreen mm-hmm. so that we can use it beyond COVID. Yep. Um, so the full intention of it was to do that, right? So it was always to create this evergreen opportunity, safety, awareness, vital emergency services. Yep. Um, and we thought we started planning, in fact, for mm-hmm. other campaigns for this fall. And yeah. We've gotten a couple of weeks into working on preparedness stuff. We've um, actually done a podcast. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you'll have heard the preparedness episode that aired towards the end of August. So, yeah, I mean, that's we got pretty well into it before COVID basically threw the brakes on that. Yes, but on a positive note, I think it's pretty um, amazing to look at how we started with essentially nothing. There was no website. There was no place to send. And we built a website. We Mm -hmm. built a place to capture all the contacts and create a communication platform. And you grew that list from maybe a couple thousand to over 31,000 today, Yeah, which is remarkable. Being able to use Gaston Saves and use that as the place to direct people to sign up to get vaccines, that was a way that we were able to get people to sign up. But it's it's been even more than that in the sense that it's been this kind of unique, very robust website that has a lot of information. You know, we've put up uh, videos of marketing campaigns that we've done, town halls. We've got, you know, different infographics and FAQs up there. Like, I mean, we have really worked with you guys to make it the place to go, um, regardless of where you are in the county, to get the best information and most update I can speak, I swear, I, I really can. Mm-hmm. Most up-to-date information about, you know, where we are in the pandemic. Yeah, and I think you also hit on a great point, and no matter where you are in the county, but also no matter where you are in your level of comfort on the vaccine, it's really meant to be a place to buy. This is, this is the information. Mm-hmm. You make a choice from there. Like, I think that you've done a great job of communicating the message to where this is all the facts. Take with it. You know, it's, I, I think it's, a re- it's positioned well for the county to be able to make informed decisions on which way they want to go with their health. I think it's been a big learning process for, for everybody. I mean, the pandemic has been something that has forced us to really think outside the box. And I, I know that's a really cliche term, but I, I mean, really, we were working with almost a blank slate. And so we, we had to build the wheel almost, you know, from a communication side here. And one of the things that was interesting working with your team is it's not like healthcare messaging was your specialty. It's branding and marketing. And we actually came to you first to do the branding for the county as a whole. That's true. I mean, 
We are a community branding agency, so we're all about building community inside and around organizations and using communications to do that. Um, but this was a unique opportunity for us to extend the reach beyond the branding mm-hmm. to develop a platform to communicate messaging. And I think going back to creating this evergreen campaign, our idea was to for it to live beyond so that you can use this for hurricanes, for other disasters. Yep. But not only capturing information, but be able to provide relevant, timely information. So what, now you have this great list of 30,000. You can actually segment out so that you're getting information to your community that people that want to hear that specific message. So you can segment the content out, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty awesome too. Well, and the, you know, our assistant health director, Britton Kenny, has been instrumental in, in working kind of alongside our office and, and with you guys. And I know one of the things they're excited about once we eventually get beyond the pandemic is just all the opportunities that that Gaston Saves and that campaign and the website provide for reaching out to the public, whether it's, you know, talking about childhood obesity or talking about, you know, a a number of different social and and health issues that they want to be able to address in a more holistic way. And on that note, too, now working with the health equity team and making sure that we are reaching the audiences wherever they may be. Um, The digital billboard, which was pretty cool. I've never seen that driving around the neighborhood. That was awesome. (laughs) That was pretty new, um, that we're really going beyond just the traditional communication routes to make mm-hmm. sure that we're getting to where we need to get. Or even the gas station uh, videos that we're playing, yep. all of that to us. Some of some of those tactics um, and, and areas of, of media that we used were new for us even. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting to see it when it rolled out, the billboards, everything else. Being able to, to work with some different folks within our community, I know, you know the health equity team targeted – um, a, a Latino doctor and then three different African-American leaders kind of within our community and being able to then, like you said, take the the mobile billboard truck out and go to different parts of our community, go to Juneteenth events earlier this year um, and have those commercials playing. And, and it basically it just gets people to stop and, and think and ask. And, and that's exactly what we wanted it to do. Yeah. And I think that's the point I was trying to make earlier is that you're able to get all the information that's out there to make an informed decision. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what we want to do, provide resources and the information so you can make a decision. So you, you mentioned earlier on, when we when we were first talking about this, because we had worked with you guys, we had done the, the branding to you know bring Gaston County's first logo in, because before what, middle of last year, we had only used our seal. And so this is the first time the Gaston County's had a logo, we've got a tagline, and we talked to you about, you know what can we do COVID related did you ever imagine that we would be in the place that we are now with this campaign? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, my hope, right, was to create a place to provide useful information. And I actually come from emergency management background, you okay. know, some stuff with FEMA. So that area wasn't scary for me, mm-hmm. but not really sure where it's going to go in the, in the pandemic and what, how it could grow, all the things that can happen would it be well received? How would it be sure. received? How are we going to track the effectiveness? I think one thing that's really important for us as an agency is when you hand over money, we want to make sure we prove a return on that investment. And yep. also in the public sector, you want to be good stewards of the tax dollars. So you're trying to, how do I make sure I can prove that this worked? So I think those were the pieces that were a little bit scary for us in the beginning, making sure. Mm-hmm. I think because we built it on that automation platform, we were able to provide real-time visibility in the dashboards. We're like, okay, this is happening. But what was crazy even about that, Adam, if you remember, we thought, okay, we're on a good level here. We're probably not going to go beyond 10,000 contacts. Right. We'll be all right. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're blowing up, and it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. So on the positive side, we are 
amazed and thrilled that it was growing as fast as it was. But then we realized, wow, the tech we have needs to be even more robust, right? right? right. <laughs> it's one of those so good problems to have. It was, but we never, to what you asked earlier, what did, you know, do you think we would be here today? I think it's beyond where we were hoping to be today. And I think that it can even build upon it even more to make it more robust. It's interesting because like anytime you're, you're dealing with a marketing campaign and you, you touched on a word earlier that's really, I think, important is that whole sense of community. You know, I think throughout this campaign, you know, there's been multiple facets to it because we had the mass together part of it that was um, really front and center last fall. You know, this has been COVID, COVID stops with me has been kind of the big hashtag that we've been using since you know, basically the beginning of the year, trying to encourage people to get vaccinated and to take ownership of that. So much of what we've done is trying to put a personal touch and feel to it. So it doesn't feel like, oh, this is just some sort of a marketing campaign that you could drop in from, you know, Kalamazoo, Michigan or, you know, Rhode Island and just plug and play. Like this is built specific to Gaston County and to the folks here. I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because that's another important part of, I think, Haven as a brand is um, getting to know the community and the stories that live in that community, whether it's branding to bring that story to life, you know, visually and through messaging or it's strategic communications campaigns, which is essentially what this is. Mm-hmm. We want to know and hear from the people that live here to make it authentic. People don't want to connect with some corporate cold message. They want right. to see the people in their community, which is back to what you were saying earlier. The videos, we reached out to people from the community to speak to their personal stories. It's a really important part. You guys, as, as an agency, have, have grown over this past year. I mean, it, it's been a difficult year. Last, I mean, almost 18 months at this point, uh, kind of going through the pandemic. But... You've kind of grown in terms of staff and, and clients and everything like that. Yeah, we could take a shift on that route. I, I truth be told, thought we might be out of business last March. I mean, it was terrible. I've been in business for eight years. Actually, we're going on into our 10th year next year. Hmm. But that period of time when the shutdown happened, you don't know. You don't, right. you, you, we have private and public sector clients. So, you know, things were cutting back. And it was scary. But because of what we do with towns and counties, we did have actually more work to be done. And I basically never slept because we're doing so many COVID (laughs) campaigns. But through that, I I learned that our passion really is on the government side and helping because I feel like ultimately we want to help save lives. And I think that's what Gas and Saves is. And that's what a lot of the work that we do is about and comes back to create a thriving community Mm -hmm. and get the messaging that's needed to make a movement happen of whatever sort that might be. What about the the Gas and Saves campaign has struck you as as being kind of unique or or something that maybe wouldn't have been something that that you would have thought to do? Um, I know that we've had a couple different folks within your organization that that have kind of worked as as project managers on this, but you've been able to kind of oversee it from from a certain standpoint. For me personally, I think it was fun to come up with an acronym and see that come to life. Just going back from the very, very beginning of it, right? You and I were kind of brainstorming on the phone. We're like, oh, give, saves, what could it be? You Mm -hmm. know, this kind of thing. So to see it kind of come to life and see the the stickers on someone's bumper, you know, all that stuff was really exciting. But I think also the video production was one of my favorite parts of it because, Mm -hmm. again, going back to stories and seeing how no matter – how different each person is. There's still this connective tissue, which is that story that brings the community together. And I, again, I visually, the video, it's my favorite part. Yeah. Well, it's, they were so well done. Um, not only the, the, the mess together one, but then the, the interviews that the health equity team kind of helped get the uh, community members lined up for. I, I think it really helped being able to um, put a face to a name for people. And one of the things that we found is that some some of the most convincing conversations can be 
um, either with family members or with doctors and, and people that you trust in, in trying to make that decision to get vaccinated or not. And I think we really put that forward for people and gave them every opportunity to hear um, you know, from the best and brightest minds in our community. I think that's the hardest thing as a public information officer, trying to help your community understand that you're here for their best interest, that mm-hmm. you really care about their health and well-being and that building that trust and making sure that the messages that you're sending out, that they understand that they come from facts and yes. they're based on building trust. And so however we can do that by pulling in community members, you know, to help share that message, it's so important for the work that we're doing as public communicators. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, working on a preparedness campaign. And I know that that's something that we'll still do. I think we've kind of pushed that off for a year and kind of waiting to see, you know, what all develops with COVID. But what are some of the other things that um, you wanted to mention about the the Gaston Saves campaign that's, you know, now basically getting ready to, I don't know if I want to say celebrate one year. <laughs> I want to, I, I want to celebrate so Gaston weird, Saves right? itself. I just don't want to celebrate the why it was necessary. I totally get that. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling because you're like, yeah, this is great. We have this campaign and look how many people, but then you're going, oh, but it's kind of sad that we had to. Right. But what I, going back to the purpose of the campaign itself, yeah. it is meant to be an evergreen place that will live on beyond COVID for any disaster. And the whole purpose is to drive information and resources to the community that needs it, right? To give them a place to go. So at any time, you know, floods, hurricanes, um, like you said, obesity, anything that is a resource of the community that they have a place to access it. And I think it's important to see it as that evergreen thing because then it also feels like we're not just celebrating COVID. Right, (laughs) right. We're celebrating um, a place of resources information. Yeah, I think at some point I'd like to be able to do like maybe a Star Wars funeral pyre for COVID once we're able to put this thing behind us. And <laughs> I mean, I guess people keep calling it the new normal, right? But oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's like to me, that's become the new outside the box where it's like the, the overused cliche. No, I think that we should have an overused word for 2020, which would be unprecedented. Oh, gosh. So if you're yeah. a communications professional, yeah. you must have written unprecedented thousand times mm-hmm. last year at least at least at least it's so probably now, muttering it in my sleep i mean i don't know if we can say this on the podcast but that'd be a good drinking game Ooh, <laughs> that would be a good drinking game yeah you basically you got to take a shot check. yeah a- absolutely anytime that somebody gets up at a press conference and it's like you know you've got your bingo card of of all the commonly used covid terms i mean i think that there should be something here where you need to break down the barrier we're real human beings too right adam i mean yeah. you know there is that I have to do a lot of public com- communication for the town of Waxhaw as well. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard because we get our feelings hurt and get sensitive about the comments that come back. Sure. Me, or, you know, and you're like, I'm just trying to do my best to get information out to the public. And I care about this. We're real human beings. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. And to me, having worked in media on the opposite side, having done newspapers and, and TV news for about 14 years or so before transitioning to government service, helped a ton. Because I think if I hadn't done that, if I had just gone directly into the public sector, or if I'd come to this from a different job market, it would be really hard. Because like some of the comments that you get, especially as as divisive as this has become, you would you would lose sleep, you would, I mean, they'd just be knocking around in your head. And as it is, they're still hard to deal with. But having having worked as in as a newspaper editor, and and as a both a producer and a reporter in TV, I'm kind of used to people hating me and calling me fake news or calling me like, you know, oh, you're you're here as part of some, you know, 
government conspiracy or or mainstream media conspiracy, yada yada yada. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm used to this. <laughs> but you know, that is the hardest thing to overcome with this with COVID. That it is so polarizing. That it is, yeah. you know, we're constantly trying to figure out how do we show what's really happening yep. without it being a public debate. Yeah, I think it's probably impossible at this point. But mm-hmm. um, in the in the recent Atrium news, um, you know, there was a healthcare worker who is uh, completely against the vaccine and got unfortunately very very sick from COVID. Changed her perspective on it, and now she is speaking out and helping push campaign messaging in her area because of her experience. And you know, I think it was seen as it was a political thing, and then it for her, unfortunately, like I said, shifted. Yeah. Um, and that's the scary part is that you're trying to save lives and you're trying to show the facts. Absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the, the things that we've been working on for gosh, over two months now, um, almost three is putting together this vaccine documentary. And we've, um, we're at a point now where we've, we'll have it done relatively soon, but we've done interviews with over a dozen people. We talked to a couple folks that basically COVID affected them directly. Um, one gentleman in his seventies, he and his wife both got sick right before the vaccine was available and his wife ended up dying. And then another guy here in the community who was a marathon runner, you know, not like he didn't wear a mask like he did, but he just kind of like, you know, COVID's not going to be a big deal. I don't have to worry about getting the vaccine. And I mean, ended up in the ICU. I mean, fortunately is, is at least out of the hospital now, but I mean, he said like just going up his stairs at his house leaves him just unbelievably winded. Well, and that's the long-term effects too, right? And if you go back to talking about vaccinations, well, why should I get vaccinated if there's a chance I could possibly still get COVID? Well, it's going to be so much, if you get it, it's so yep. much more milder. I mean, the fact is that you're basically not going to be in the hospital, not going to die, yep. if, if I can say that. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's um, also unfortunate to hear about the cases of pregnant women who are ending up on ventilators and babies being delivered too soon and not being able to make it because of that as well. And, and yeah. thinking about the possibility that it could be prevented. Well, and that's... You, you kind of go back and forth because I think sometimes you you almost feel like you're banging your head against a wall at times. But you also, I try to remind myself that like everything that we're doing, if just one more person hears the messaging from whoever we're putting out there, whether it's our medical director in the health department or whether it's, um, you know, a leader in the community or a faith leader, or any, of the, any of the messaging that we've put out there, if that in some small way helps somebody to change their thinking or just to, to begin down that path, then we've done something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't sit here, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't go gown up and, and, you know, save lives in the ER. But, you know, my scalpel, so to speak, is, is you know, words, is yep. images, yep. is, you know, creative ways of, of sharing facts with people that'll connect with them. That was exactly what I was saying earlier with Haven. I mean, that, that's truly how we feel like at the end of the day, we're trying to save lives because, and we're doing it through creative messaging and design because that's the way that our expertise can get to that. Like you said, I'm not a doctor. I can't do it that way. So if I can at least help provide the information and facts for people to make an informed decision, then I feel like I've done my job. Anything else that I didn't ask about um, that you wanted to talk about. I always try to throw this out there at, at the end because sometimes people are like, oh, I wanted to talk about this or, oh, I thought about something while we were talking, but she didn't ask I about mean, it. I mean, I think that I'm on a personal mission to overcome socks with sandals and we didn't discuss that. No, I'm looking over so. to Ian, but he doesn't have that. So, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> that was a thing. Gosh, my, my wife's sister, 
um, used to do that when she was in high school. And, oh, my gosh, that I was know. a thing back in the 90s, I guess. Thing. I feel like the 80s are back, too. That's Ooh, what I'm like, yeah. channeling my frizzy hair right now. <laughs> the humidity's basically like not giving you much of a 80s choice. I rock band right now. Yeah, there That's you too go. too you don't have video on this podcast. We could. We could. We should next time. Yeah. You know, for the, the Gaston Unsolved <laughs> podcast um, series that, oh, it's both video and podcast. But, like, when we've done interviews with a couple of folks, we've interviewed them here, but then we brought in the video element, too. So it's like the, we've got, like, a two-camera setup. And for people that aren't used to that, they're kind of giving the side eye towards the guys as they're moving back and forth going, like, which way am I supposed to be looking? Right. This is awkward. Right. Why are we doing this? Right. <laughs> well, back to the whole a year ago, I think the coolest part about this whole thing, again, COVID aside, because obviously that's horrible. We're in a pandemic. Yep. I got to meet you. That's true. And, and finally in person. Finally meet in person <laughs> today. But also how cool that there, because we were able to video conference, the opportunity was there. And and I'm glad that that worked out. And it was it's just been really great to get to know the Gaston team and the health department and just our teams working together yes. to make sure this messaging comes to life has been a really fun experience. It's been a huge part of our success here to have your team come alongside us and be able to provide your expertise and the resources um, because it's so much of this stuff is stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do on our own. And I mean, the, the timing of, you know, we didn't have a PIO at the County for almost 12 years before I started in February of 2020. And so, I mean, I was literally, when I came in, I was working with the blank slate. I was just getting around to starting to meet with department directors, kind of get my feet set, get all the, just kind of, you know, stuff under there in terms of like, oh, you got to learn, you know, the financial software so that you know how to put on a budget request and that sort of stuff. And we had a vacation on the books for England. We went to England for 10 days and we came back and everything. You just started right at the pandemic. I don't mean to get real, but oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and just walked into, oh my gosh, yes. what are we going to do with this? And as soon as I got back from England, cause Britain was texting me while we were in England, kind of yeah. going like keeping me up to date. And I said, oh. you know, don't, it's fine. Like if you need to shoot oh. me stuff, let me know. And like she, the last couple of days while we were there, she's like, I really don't mean to bother you, but like I need when you help. come back, we're going to have a thing. <laughs> you know what? I also kind of love that you just mentioned that because that makes me feel really good that we were able to provide that extra team essentially, yes. like in a complete, and then we feel like we're part of your team. Yep. So we have 100%. You know, strategy and creative and video and all yep. that so that you're able to do your job and what you need to do on a daily basis, but we can provide that extra expertise, extra muscle, I like to call it when you Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and so, so much of it is just that, that creative side of things. It's like, there's just certain points, especially over oh, this past yeah. year yeah. where it's like your brain is just toast. And it's Ride. like, I need, I need other people to bounce ideas off yep. of. I need that energy to be able to, to push something out that's going to be worthwhile. Cause it's like, I've got, I've just got nothing left in the tank. Oh, I totally get that. I totally get it. And especially as a small business owner, when I started out and it was just me and my four walls, I'm like, I want friends. <laughs> <laughs> I need creative ideas, but right. you can't, it's very hard to be creative in your own four walls, but also after a day of doing the day-to-day -day PIO tasks of mm -hmm. the community, that in and of itself can tap your energy. So yep. yeah, I think, um, I take back what I said earlier, and I think my favorite part of this whole thing has been working with the county and being mm. an extension of your team. We really appreciate it. We look forward to continuing to, to work along with Haven, not only on gas and safes, but I know that you, you're working with actually now multiple county departments on, on different projects. I know that uh, we had folks in from uh, Hope, Hope United, United, and you've been working with them on website, worked with them on um, marketing and branding and logos, and we talked a little bit 
about the Maine County logo, but we've been working with you guys alongside the Gas and Saves program on individual department logos too, and we're almost done with that project. So that's that's been really cool to see that come to fruition. It's really cool to see it kind of all working together because now you're creating this cohesive identity so that when yep. you are communicating out to your community, you know it's an official Gas and County message and you have that visual to kind of tie it back to. I've also been really enjoying working with economic development because you talk yes. about a thriving community, you need to have economic opportunity. So that's another asset of, of you know, what we do as a business. So. And that's, that's been fascinating on that end of things because it's for so long and for anybody that knows the area has lived in the area for a long time, the, the kind of thought for Gaston County is like, oh, it's, that, it's the textile area because that's what it was for so long. Mm-hmm. But it's, Gaston's not like that anymore. Yes, we still have some textile here that's kind of left over from when that boom was here. But, I mean, we've really transformed. We've got so many different you know, manufacturing hubs and, and opportunities um, it, you know, Gaston is completely different, I think, than, than what the assumption is that it, that it's all about. And your proximity to Charlotte and the fact that the, the sprawl is kind of coming out, you're, I mean, you're really only 25 minutes from Charlotte and you're yeah. close to the international airport. So your prime location. That's huge. I mean, I, if you've talked to, to Donnie or, or to Matt over in economic development, I mean, they, they talk about that all the time. I mean, it's just, it's such a great opportunity for, you know, people to live here, for businesses to locate here. And, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased. I work for the county, so right, right, right. <laughs> I should be saying these things, but it's true. <laughs> also, shameless plug for Apple Creek, but that is a cool place that they're oh building gosh, over there. Oh my gosh, it is. Yes. I mean, you're, like you said, there's, it's not now just textile. You're, you have much more uh, manufacturing opportunities coming this way and so many jobs. I think the problem is going to be more workforce. We need people yeah. living here. <laughs> well, and it's, it, I mean, companies from all over the world. I mean, it, we're, we're bringing in companies, you know, that are European companies that yep. are coming and they're putting their North American headquarters here in Gaston County. I mean, Very how cool. cool is that? Yep. Plus then you have the mountains and the outdoor recreation. Oh, I think we oh, just gosh. turned this into an economic development I, Yeah, I feel like, Hold you know, on a second. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Applegate from Travel and Tourism is going to be, you know, slipping a 20 in my pocket or something. <laughs> Well, Jenny, thanks so much for, for joining us on the podcast and, and for coming out, for actually visiting in person, finally. I know yes, that, you know. Yes, this is fun. I know. We could have done it over Zoom, but. Yeah. Where's the fun in that? It's not fun. I wanted to say hi. Yeah. Bring some swag. Exactly. I mean, you guys, I mean, talking about <laughs> branding, I mean, you guys just did. We did, we did our did own, your own website. You did. I mean, talk about being the shoemaker's son, right, with no shoes. Right. The saying, I feel like for years we've been helping other people build their brands, which is exciting and it's awesome and obviously it helps pay the bills. <laughs> but this year we're really committed to treating Haven as our own client. So we did the mm. branding and the website and we're coming out. I think that we've existed for almost 10 years, but not a lot of people know about us. So thank you also for having us on to kind of share sure. our story a little bit. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. <laughs>